Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast and today I have a brand new team member with me today. I've got Pia on the channel. Hi everyone, I'm Pia. <laughs> this is your intro. Today we're going to be talking about retail and makeup and how both of them are interlinked and also both of us have job experiences with them. So we're going to be chatting about that, getting to know Pia a little bit more first though. So Pia, who yeah. are you? Where are you from? Who am what? I? <laughs> so let's start off with your like name, your age, your pronouns, where you're from. Yeah, so my name is Pia, <laughs> as you've heard four times already. <laughs> I'm from Norway, actually. I'm an exchange student. So I jumped in on second year and now we're here together on third. Yeah, my pronouns are she, her. It just is, isn't it? Yeah, just she, her. Amazing. So you're in the same course as us, which is makeup and hair design. Yes. How are you finding the switch from Norway? It's quite different, actually, because back in Norway, when I did my first year there, we did practicals 90% of the time so it was makeup application techniques every day in and out and here in the UK at Solent we have more theoretical based mm. uh, which I also find quite interesting because it's a different way of learning which I also enjoy really Oh, amazing. Really a lot, yeah. Good, good. Right, let's get cracking with the retail makeup. So, yeah. what is your experience with retail makeup? My experience, actually, I have a background in sales because I did four years learning business entrepreneurship and sales. Oh, amazing. Um, and after that, I started working for Ingla Cosmetics back in Norway. And I stayed there for two years working in store. It was amazing. I think the great thing about retail is that you get to meet so many different people and work on so many different Faces. Not just like the model face or the typical Gigi Hadid face, but you get to work on every skin tone, every shape, every size. It's fun. That's incredible. How, yeah. how have you like found the diversity within your clientele? Actually, we had quite a lot of different people. Everything from men wanting to try out drag to older women, young children actually too. And all different tones and, and skin types. So I found it really interesting actually. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Like, would you say, I know you've not worked in the UK, but would you say that either the work ethic or the work environment is different over in Norway? Uh, I think it's a small smaller pond if I can say it like that because yeah. um, I've been to stores here in the UK it's bigger you have bigger stores more employees at the same time whereas I would usually work alone or mm. just overlap with someone for a couple of hours oh, wow. and it's a much smaller source it's much more of an intimate feeling with the customers they become more familiar I guess mm. whereas here I feel it's more fast-paced there is bigger stores more employees bigger counters more choice of product you have wider range yeah it's kind of like in uh, John Lewis. Yeah. Where we've got all of the high-end makeup brands such as MAC and Charlotte Tilbury and Bob Brown and all of that. And you see there is like four or five employees there. Yeah. Per brand. Yeah, I found that insane, actually, when I really? first got here. I was like, why do you need five people? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> is it that busy? And apparently it is. Yeah, sometimes it can be because, like, especially with the UK shopping market, it, it's ridiculous how it can go from. There will be no one in the store, com like, at all. And then for some reason, there is about 12 people in the queue waiting to pay. That's insane. And you're like, what? Where, where, are, where did these people come from? That's insane. I'm going to be honest. That's like Black Friday for us. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So that's literally every day for me. Damn. Usually we, we can spend a lot of time on each customer and each client. Yeah, it's not really that busy. Like maybe at most on a regular day, it's like five people at once. That sounds kind of like Black Friday to me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, I mean, my experience in retail is I work at Superdrag on the cosmetics counter and I go up and down the whole counter as well from like Revolution to L'Oreal to NYX. I don't know much product knowledge unless it's stuff that I've used, tried and tested because I also do work in other aspects of the shop. Yeah. So it so I'm not fully trained on product knowledge, on prices, on things like that. I just know what works with me and the clients that I use my products on. Yeah. Because I, I don't know about you, but I quite like to only use products that I love. Same, yeah. So it's like, if I love something, why would I not give it to my client yeah, where I can be exactly. like oh this this product is amazing instead of get like a foundation that's a bit subpar yeah I agree will, and then just eh <laughs> I very just, much eh. agree that literally is it it's just eh would you like to have more product knowledge oh I'd store? love to I'd love to I have inquired about actually getting the training but they just haven't got the time or anything right now so which you know it is what it is like yeah. especially with big corporate brands as well they 
they push certain things. They do. Like with when you said about you can have like a good amount of time with customers. Like I'm not applying makeup in my day to day, which I hate, but I am talking about it and recommending things. And I probably have about 15 minutes maximum with each customer. That's insane. Yeah. And that makes it hard to sell too when you only have 15 minutes because typically when a client comes into my store, I would greet them, ask about what they wanted, what they're looking for. And then we would sit down, maybe test out a couple of things, see how they feel about it, talk, not even about makeup, about regular stuff. Yeah. And yeah, just be like, okay, I think you need this one. Let's try this concealer. Let's try this color. It's fun. And mm. if I have extra time, I will do your whole face for free, which we're not really allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> but if I have extra time and you're a fun customer, I would love to. And you may end up with a sale of 150 pounds, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a woman that came in yesterday to work and she came in with a discontinued foundation. It was one of the collection old ones. It was like the lightweight foundation. Yeah. Um, and because collection had relaunched everything over the last like six, eight months, I was like, I'm so sorry, we don't have it, but I do have other options. And we were talking about that. And then she was like, what about shade matching? And I was like, shade matching is really hard with stores like Superdrug and Boot, yeah. where they have got lower end products on them because testers, because of COVID, had to be taken away. Yeah. So we've got about 30% of testers back and that's it. That's insane. That's so hard. And it makes it so hard to do your job as well. Oh, it's Awful. And actually properly help the customer. Yeah, because I'm just kind of like, I guess it could be this, but it is also in a packet. Yeah. that I cannot open and test on your skin. And because of hygiene reasons, mm -hmm. we always have to use the back of the hand and not the face. And that's so, not really even accurate. Exactly. Like, it's not 100%. Yeah, so I I mean, I always get them to put up, put the tester on the back of the hand and then just swatch it here, which is the jawline. Yeah. Which is where you're supposed to do it. Because yeah. that is the kind of like ideal, I say in inverted commas. Yeah. Because you can't apply it to the whole face. No, that's true. And I guess that's where our our experience is different as well because my store is it's not a high end store. Inglot mm. is not high end, but it is it's not a drugstore either. Yeah, it it's is kind in of that bit in the ground. middle. I would say it's similar to Max Factor. Yeah. Like Max Factor is renowned for being one of the longest makeup brands going but also they are part of the i guess drugstore type yeah but the thing is is that their prices are a big fraction bigger than places brands like maybelline or rimmel mm -hmm. or nyx for example yeah but we still class like revlon and max factor especially even though their foundations are probably about 15 to 20 pounds mm -hmm. whereas we get other foundations that are literally fiver that is very true mm. Have you got any cult products that you've used while at work and that you've just found such a love for? Uh, at Inglot? Yeah. I have. It's my... It's it's a lot of products, actually. <laughs> I started using Inglot when I was 15. Mm. And before I started working there, I went there every day on my lunch break and just bought new stuff. Oh. Uh, it was expensive to be me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the first product I actually fell in love with was their liquid eyeliner. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was 16. But today, my favorite product would probably be the Beautifier Foundation. Oh, yeah. Because it's so, it's so hydrating and it looks so nice on the skin. Uh, and I use it on most of my clients, actually. It is amazing. Mm. So if you're in the market for a new one, a new light foundation I would definitely recommend it oh yeah I mean there's like for foundations anyway I literally gravitate towards about three different ones depending yeah. on the coverage so if someone's like I just want something like coverage I'll go for the Garnier BB cream yeah I wear that every day like that that is something I can rave about for about 20 minutes straight uh, yes it's incredible it blew up on TikTok a few like a few months ago and um, and yeah I just love it I love giving it to like my customers and mm -hmm. going okay use this this is the coverage of a foundation in a lightweight formula which also it's not foundation either yeah which is incredible it is yeah i love those kinds of foundations yeah. they're amazing or the full coverage one revolution always really? go to revolution yeah i've never tried it revolution either conceal and define or conceal and glow ones are incredible i i've got dry skin so i prefer the conceal and glow ones yeah or the conceal and hydrate one that is incredible for full coverage but amazing i might yeah. have to check that out yeah you will i've been an inglot hoarder for years now <laughs> so i need Rightly to widen so my well. horizons yeah <laughs> i mean when going to work would you 
specifically only have to wear Inglot products? Yeah, so we did have a few rules. You could only wear Inglot products from the store. And it had to be done in a kind of extravagant way. Mm-hmm. Not like, if you work every day, you could have a couple of days with just basic yeah, everyday makeup. Yeah, basic mascara. Yeah, but if you only work part-time, you always have to bring your A-game. Oh, so wow. always like cut creases and many colors, a lot of glitter, try a new lip color every day, stuff like that just to sell more. And it actually does. Yeah. It does help a lot. And it was fun. And we also had to wear lashes, which is where my love for lashes oh came in. Yeah, at one point I used to wear five types of lashes at the same time. It, oh it, got, it got to be a lot. <laughs> Uh, but it was so fun. I only pulled that out for New Year's now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to wear lashes. Like, I've got beady's little eyes. Just need to find lashes that suit your eyes. Yeah, I've been looking at the Demi Wispies for so long. Ooh. Like, I've literally got a packet there. And I just... Try them out. I will. I, I don't, I'm just... I'm... Like, I can do it on other people, doing yeah. it myself. It's shocking, because, like, I wear glasses because I'm blind. So I can't <laughs> actually see what I'm doing. Yeah. And then I stick them on, and put my glasses on, I'm like, wow, that's about an inch off my lash line. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Thank you for that. I glue them to your brow. Literally. <laughs> it's brow extensions now. <laughs> oh, my God. They actually do do them. What? Brow, brow extensions. No. I think so. It's like... Have it's I like, been living under a rock? Maybe. Who knows? You know, <laughs> I think it is brow extensions. Or, no, it's brow wigs. Oh, brow yeah, wigs, the brow wigs. It's basically... I've seen that, actually. It's just a bit of mesh with some, like, really short eyebrow hairs on them. I said, we could probably make some, though. We learned last oh, year. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we do that in moustaches and stuff. <laughs> But yeah, like yeah. I, with my makeup anyway, mm. with at work, yeah. I try and keep something a little bit more natural, keep it very me, yeah. because I don't wear a lot of makeup, but when I do, I go the full hog. Amazing. Like, um, and for work, we've got no rules because we are retail more than makeup. Yeah. Because it is a, like a store kind of thing. We're, it's not really a proper counter. Yeah, it's not yeah. a counter. It's not brand specific. So I always, when I'm going to work, wear products that I've bought at work. So, or products that I have that I know that we stop. Yeah. Because then what I can do is go, oh, you're looking for a new foundation? Well, if you like light coverage ones, you can get the Gunny BB Cream. Or, oh, you don't want to go for a powder blush? The stick blush from e.l.f. is the one that I'm wearing today. That's amazing. That's a great sales technique, though. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, look at my face. This is how I'm doing my makeup. Yes, I am a professional makeup artist. Oh, I have another. It was so funny. (laughs) Funny story. Yeah. So... And I, you probably get this quite a lot as well. But the amount of people who, or this part you won't, because people don't believe me when I say I'm a makeup artist. No. Or they are so shocked. They are so shocked. They're like, why are you in Superdrug then? Because this is the only job that I can have while having being a student right now. Yeah, and it's the closest to actually doing makeup you yeah, can. Yeah, exactly. Like, apart from going to John Lewis and getting a job at MAC or Charlotte Tilbury mm-hmm. or Bobby Brown, when I'm actually applying makeup every day, this is the closest thing I can get is retail makeup yeah 100% but I was working with a customer the the other day and I was helping her daughter first and shade matching her and I was like do you have a foundation that you love and that matches you really well and she's like yes I've got this and this and this Um, and I was like brilliant because and also listen out for this there is a website where you can find your ideal match is it there is it's called foundation amazing it's I love incredible the pun. i knew about it for so long but my brain just like i knew that there was a website that you could look at all the shades and look at what shades match you from your current foundation oh it's incredible every, every single brand comes out long calm bobby brown Fenty, Matt. This is amazing. Everything over all the ranges, and it will give you like one or two foundations as a suggestion. Obviously, it is a computer. Mm-hmm. What can you say? If you pick up, if you have a foundation that doesn't match you correctly, but you love it and you think it does, it will yeah. come up with very similar shades. Yes. That is the flaw with it, is that if you haven't judged it quite correctly and it comes up either really pink or really orange or, I don't know, super pale or super dark, then that is probably based on the information that you're giving the app. 
Yeah. It's foundation.com. This sounds like an ad now, but it's not. I wish it was <laughs> because I've been talking about it at work so often. That sounds amazing. It's incredible, literally. I feel like I'm learning something new. Every time someone's like, oh, I don't know if I can shade match myself. I'm like, that's why we're here. And that's why I'm going to get you to open your phone and go on foundation.com. And yeah. Amazing. So I, I found that really helpful when looking for higher end foundations because I'm I'm such a drugstore girl myself. I will, yeah. if a product works for me and it's it's like under like 20 pound do you know what i'm settled, I'm settled. <laughs> Amazing. I, when i was younger i used to love going making a wish list on the mac website sending it over to my mum, knowing that she can't pay for all of it at all <laughs> <laughs> and then going mom i really want all of this stuff and it's like 400 quid worth of makeup from mac insane i i was like i was that girl who was like i wanted everything to be high-end yeah i get it i'm old enough now to know that high-end doesn't necessarily mean a great product definitely definitely that's what i learned very quickly yeah from what is it i bought a foundation one time that was far too expensive hate it no absolutely hate it that's painful it is it It is is very painful but also i was like now thinking back back on it it was like it was a mattifying foundation i have dry skin no wonder it didn't like me true and the thing is is that all cosmetics are so tailored Mm-hmm. Like, it is kind of like, it's tailored and also it is a one-size-fits-all. Yes. Per product, it is a one-size-fits-all, which I love and hate because that's why we have so many products on the market. I love the diversity of products. And actually, uh, I don't know about how it is at Superdrag, but most of my clientele at Inglot were conscious about animal cruelty and mm. vegan products as well, which is why it's so great to have a diversity of them. Definitely. Like, we've got... For example, Elf, yeah. they are all cruelty-free. I think they are... They've got, like, half their formulas are vegan. We've got B Cosmetics, which is the brand that Superdrug owns. I think most of them are vegan as well. I don't think Maybelline or Rimmel are cruelty-free. I don't think so either. And there is also another one. I don't I think cannot... Max Factor is either. Yes, it's because they are all under the same parent company of Max Factor, I think. Yeah, they are. Um, is that Estee Lauder that owns them? Yes, them? Estee Lauder so. does. Yeah, Mac also used to be cruelty free but they can't label themselves as cruelty free because they of their do sales. because it, no it's because of their sales yeah. in china yeah but they still claim cruelty free because they don't own any of the testing yeah. facilities which is insane exactly it's like it's i guess it's because it's out of their hands mm-hmm. yeah like it's it was really interesting to know because i found that out about like a couple of years ago and yeah I they like, were cruelty free up until 2012 yeah and then they switched which is kind of regressive i know i know it's it's all profiteering isn't it yeah it is it's money it's money that's what I hate about this industry that we have Mm -hmm. is that beauty is money money is beauty yeah and it's not yeah like we literally make money on people's insecurities yeah in retail exactly we go oh you've got bags have a concealer have two have four have all of them exactly have all of them on the shop the amount- you need this to color correct you need this specific powder to set but only under your eyes exactly and you need and this- then you need another one for the rest of your face yes so oh my god <laughs> while i do love a lot of products that is it is kind of excessive and it's it is it is it's kind of a dark industry actually yeah it's like it is so much of a whole culture as well mm-hmm. like it is the amount of times that i mean we we do have to get told this because it is sales like yeah. As you probably know from working and also studying in sales. Yeah. You ha- you have to push everything you can. Definitely. Like if they go, oh yeah, um, I want a foundation. My immediate thought is, okay, have they got a primer? Have they got good skincare? Have yeah. they got a powder? Have they got a setting spray? Yeah, 100%. And then you've got another like four or five or six products in yeah. your basket for the customer. And then they've gone and spent 50 quid instead of what they thought they wanted, 15. Yeah. But then again, they will probably have a better base for it. Exactly. You know? I mean, we are doing this for the greater good. Yes. And I don't push products, as you probably don't either, push products that won't work with the foundation or won't work with their skin. So even if you do go out of the store with five more products than you wanted to, it will probably be five products that you're going to end up loving. Definitely. Because a lot of people come in and was like, oh, I really want a good foundation that will just like smooth my skin. I'm like, right. Okay. What do you use on skincare? then skincare is Mm -hmm. like so important and so overlooked especially i think by i would say 25 to 50 year olds yeah because i don't know why it just isn't i know that 
my mum, for example, she's just out of that age bracket and she loves her skincare. I mean, mm-hmm. she, she is also a dermatologist, but that's besides the point. Um, she's kind of biased. <laughs> she is biased. She she works with skincare every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the, the amount of people that come in and go, I want a good foundation to do all these things to make my skin look perfect. And literally all they're doing is washing their face. Yeah. And I'm like, no, babes. No, you need a good moisturiser and a good toner. Are you cleansing your face? Mm-hmm. If you're not cleansing your face, you're a bit... Um, yeah. Exfoliator. The amount of people that don't use like a light exfoliator on their skin it's insane I, mean, I used to be one of those people I started a year so ago I. so did I yeah. I'm 23 I started a year ago with an exfoliator oh like, my gosh it's insane yeah I mean I did used to use the like you know the brush things yeah yeah I used to use that instead of exfoliator that sounds nice though it, they are really nice I literally got mine from like Primark or something and Amazing. I just like close my eyes and just scrub so my face literally a quid yeah but it looks fancy oh yeah I literally stand there look at, look at my large <laughs> toothbrush on my face that's all it is it is just bits of plastic attached to plastic but it looks nice oh my gosh yeah probably feels nice too speaking of plastic mm? plastic consumption within retail is disgusting it is oh my gosh actually Inglot is not that bad at it isn't it because yeah so the packaging is paper like the boxes yeah. everything is paper the, the, and there's no plastic around the yeah. let's say a foundation it's no yeah. plastic around it it's just the no plastic of the bottle anything, so yeah. you could recycle them but you would have to clean them out mm. completely I guess yeah but yeah they were kind of good at it as for when I shopped at Superdrug last time all my products came wrapped in plastic and it was so hard to get it off literally it was insane it's because of health and safety in the UK really yeah it's because we have this quite a lot is people testing not testers oh it's health and safety that makes sense though yeah it's to stop anything happening because we can't keep an eye on every every counter at every time whereas i guess with you and probably people in the uk stores yeah i know that um inez costa she works at mac i think in john lewis and i'd really like to talk to her about that and i guess you are in charge yeah we have an overview of everything yeah whereas we can't because our our cosmetics aisle is so long it is and we've got about 17 different rounds on there and the amount of times that i just see people opening not testers i'm like sorry that's not a tester and they're like oh i'm like do you think they know what they're doing oh definitely i used to do it as a kid i know i know i I used to do it as a kid damn but the thing is is that i always used to go for testers if there was a test there i would use the tester if there wasn't a test there yeah but if there's a tester it's fair game exactly but if there isn't a tester then you ask you ask you go oh yeah yeah, that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like with especially the high volume of high volume of people in our specific store because we are yeah. one of the busiest places with the smallest floor space. Yeah, because our super drug is tiny, which is mad to be so busy as well. Yeah, it is. The plastic consumption when I'm doing delivery is disgusting. Everything's wrapped in plastic. Everything's in a box. Like Damn. we have two like two rubbish bags. We've got soft plastic. Everything else. Damn. That's it. So only two categories for this sorting categories. out. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And like especially, I mean, I remember this in like American drugstores and stuff. They've all got hard plastic around them. Like you know like when the products. Yeah. So you know, for example, you know like pens. Yeah. And you've got the cardboard, then the pen, and then the really hard plastic around it. Oh. That's like that with like every mascara with every foundation because it's all hanging yeah I mean with drugstore from what I see like um, yeah usually hanging yeah whereas we have like full displays yeah you do yeah it's kind of like TK Maxx they have they have hanging cosmetics I've never been to TK Maxx (gasps) oh my gosh their cosmetics bit is very hit or miss Sometimes you can get, like, really expensive stuff for literally, like, a tanner. That's amazing. I need to go because I heard a rumour that there are usually some high-end brands. There are. There are. There are some... What was there? There was the Urban Decay set MS the other day. Yeah. I there was only, like, Decay. two of them because normally they are the damaged products. Mm-hmm. Or, like, discontinued products or products that just aren't sellable for whatever reason. Yeah. Or, like, going to its expiry date. Obviously, makeup does and doesn't have an expiry date. Yes. After studying makeup, at least back in Norway, we had this really strict cleanliness routine with our products it was like never touch anything with your fingers always use a spatula always disinfect and even when I started working in Inglot we once a week we would scrape all eyeshadows because people put their fingers in them and we do oh use my. them so we scrape the top layer and put it down and that's like 300 eyeshadows right there every week and that's also for the blushes and face powders and everything so we would clean every product and I started doing that with my own mm. I feel like as long as you're clean the experience 
expiry date is more of a suggestion. Yeah, you know? especially for powder products. Powder yeah. products don't really have an expiry no. date. But I would say definitely mascaras. Yeah. Change that out every year. Yeah, With, every year. As a rule. Yeah, like, change it on out. On the 1st of January every year, you get a new mascara in your kit, babes. Yeah. Like, because... Change it out. The amount of people that I know, like personally who wear makeup and the amount of customers that come up like I'm looking for a new mascara they're like oh which one have you got one that ran out and I was like brilliant thanks for that and I was like when did you buy it about three years ago I was like that's ins- how did does it still work and uh, honestly I mean I wear mascara probably like five days out of seven yeah I run out every- <laughs> I run out every like four months yeah but I do least. put a lot on as well yeah I can keep my mascaras for a long time because I usually wear lashes so I just mm-hmm. don't really use that much mascara just to blend it in a bit yeah you know but yeah i need to change it out because it gets dry it do- oh even though if, even if you don't use it up it gets dry what i really recommend it's kind of like a weird thing if you've got any hair oil or anything but there's a product for it actually there is but i can't remember <laughs> what it is it's a duraline from inglot actually it works on everything yeah if you have a powder and eyeshadow let's say you want a pink eyeliner you scrape yes. off a bit of your pink eyeshadow put a drop of duraline on it it's now a liquid eyeliner oh my god that's and incredible. it's waterproof <gasps> waterproof as well and i think it's what? only 10 that. quid for the bottle and no you just way. need like a drop and then if your mascara is dry drop a drop in it put the wand and swish it around it's a new mascara plot twist incredible incredible it's a hack i love that so what we've learned from this episode <laughs> is that there's foundation and also the ink gloss Geraldine? Ger- yeah, Geraldine. Exactly. Go buy them if you are a training makeup artist. 100%. But yeah, one thing that's actually just come to my mind is the, the retail part of it of, I don't know if this is the same mm-hmm. within like a specific brand, like you you worked for a brand. Yeah. Whereas I work for a company who sold brands. Mm-hmm. Darker skin tones. Mm. I say this to anyone who kind of is probably like not Casper the Friendly Ghost, basically. Mm-hmm. I just go, I do apologise on behalf of the brand's horrible, inadequate range of dark skin tones. Yeah. Because I can't do anything about it. No, you can't. It's, you don't decide the shades. Exactly. And it was really eye-opening to, to hear that one of our lecturers said the reason why. Because they don't sell as much. Exactly. It's, I, it's incredible. From a business standpoint, I do get it. Yeah. Like, if a product, no matter what kind of product it is, if it isn't selling, you should cut it out from a money perspective. But if your brand then pushes through that and becomes a brand that's known for having a great selection of skin tones and shades you will get those customers yeah and people talk and brand loyalty as well brand loyalty is big yeah a hundred percent i wouldn't say inglot is the best but i have never met a person that i couldn't shade with an inglot foundation I've, yeah. the amount of times that I'm there like I have about five shades mm-hmm. and you're a light skin a light dark skinned woman yeah and I'm th- I'm there literally like I'm I'm stuck in a trap right now I can't help myself mm-hmm. but I can only do what I have to offer I do have a dark skin girl on my team who does help me with shade matching dark skin because I I know that I'm not as good as I could be yeah, without a doubt exactly. but that's a great sales technique as well I usually did that when I first started out I didn't want to say that I was new because then mm. people don't trust me exactly That's and exactly. whenever a customer would ask me a difficult question I was like do you know what my colleague insert name yeah she's an expert in foundation yeah especially the kind you're looking for I, why don't I get her for you exactly and they would be like the service here is amazing I got an expert <laughs> and I would be just watching and learning and that's a great way to learn too especially with dark skin tones oh my gosh yeah because I mean I don't know if you found this with especially where we are at the moment Mm -hmm. it's very much beige rainbow 100% I mean we've got what no more than five dark skin women in our course yeah in our year that's also insane I think it is literally about three people usually when I look at foundations there's usually a lot for the middle Mm. like a hundred variation of the middle shades yeah and then there's like five on each for the really pale and the darker you know and it's not really good pales or good darks either no it's not they're kind of like either too ashy or too red toned yeah or the pales are always pink yeah always always pink toned and I'm like no yeah stop because it's just it's just a thought that within the makeup industry it's just pale pink toned people yeah it is and that's it and it's like no for example Fenty Mm -hmm. they're incredible with their shade ranges I love I love her foundations oh my gosh I haven't tried any of them out yet I've tried two I I tried one last week actually I bought the because I ran out of my Inglot Beautifier 
Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to order it online. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I need to try the the light Fenty one. And it's so great. Is it's it? amazing. It's, I forgot to take my makeup off when I went to bed because it didn't feel like I had anything on. And I laid in bed for 30 minutes and I was like, I have makeup on. It doesn't <laughs> feel like makeup. It feels like skin. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Well, that's what I feel about the Garnier BB cream. Amazing. I mean, I'm wearing it now. I actually have a question. Yeah. So other than your own store, mm-hmm. what is your favorite makeup counter slash retail store you want to go to? What's your go-to? I'm not quite sure. Or brand. My favorite my favorite brand. I'll go with that. I mean, right now I'd have to say Elf. Ooh. I'm fun. I'm very much a drugstore kind of girl. Yeah. I, I I want to be I say I want to be high end. I don't have the budget <laughs> for high end. I uh, what I really do want to do is for like a day or over a couple of weeks, what I want to do is go into each um high end store and get shade batched. That would be fun. Because I've only ever been shade batched by one brand, that's Smashbot. And that was like five years ago. I've always shade matched myself since the beginning, because makeup artists can't shade me. It's so weird. Mm. I went into Boots the other day and she was like, You look like me, you're pink and all that's like, no, I'm not yeah. yeah. I mean, I was exactly the same. I thought I was a yellow tone. But I am really yellow tone, but just not on my face. Yeah. Like, because I've got quite a lot of, like, I've got really rosy cheeks. And also I've got a lot of sensitivity around the, like, front of my forehead. So, and then when I bought, I bought a pink toned foundation, which was for tan. Mm-hmm. Like, when I fake tan and stuff. And it did not work well, like, looking on my skin at all. Oh, no. It looked so horrible. It's so horrible when you have the wrong one, though. Yeah. Yeah, and the amount of times that customers come up to me and are like, oh yeah, um, if I don't like the foundation, what um, can I do? Can I take it back? I'm like, no, sorry. And they're like, but why? I'm like, because you've used it. Yeah, that's... It is an unsellable product and you have used it. And then I go, look, I'm a makeup artist and exactly the same scenario as you. I can't take back products that I don't like that I've bought. And that is just to do with the brands of the company and like, because it's unresellable. It is. There's no point taking it back. And that's kind of, when you go to a high-end place, you usually get a tester with your foundation purchase so you can exchange it yeah which is kind of the service you're paying for when you're paying the extra pounds you know if you buy a five dollar foundation you can't really expect there to be a lot of duplicity yeah yeah you know and within glow we usually gave out testers to people that were unsure if they actually wanted mm. it so i sealed up the product gave a little pot of a tester and was like try this out you're gonna love it not come back with it it's gonna be amazing yeah we'll find a different one that's what i love i went up to london a few weeks ago and went to the Stratford Westgate uh, not Westgate um Westfield yeah and I went into the boots there and I am obsessed with the it cosmetic CC cream really obsessed with it I've wanted to try it for so long since like getting out of the habit of getting high coverage foundations that was my number one thing that I wanted as a makeup artist is for me to have not as little as I can on my face but something that I really feel comfortable in and that is a good medium between it's my own skin but kind of making sure people know that I'm a makeup artist like that's the The sweet spot yeah because like you see makeup artists with full coverage this full coverage that like bright eyeshadow and it's kind of like an Instagram trend. It is. From like 2016. And like, I get it. I get it. It is it is its own style of makeup. It's just not my style of makeup anymore. I used, yeah. to, be, I used to be that girl in 2016 who had yeah, bright that. orange eyeshadow, thick like brows that were too dark because I'm naturally blonde. Yeah. I used to have a dark brown powder for my eyebrows. No. Yeah. It was it was a sight. It was a sight. And then I used to not wear blush at all. Mm-hmm. That was that was a massive thing in 2016 apparently. Not wearing blush. Not my wearing friends blush. are still on it actually. Oh they hate gosh. blush. When I put on blush, they they get anxiety when I put on blush. They're like, "You're putting on blush." And I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah, because I look like a corpse otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Especially being as pale as we are, like, yeah. not wearing blush I is... I colour. Yeah. And I realised that actually one New Year's Eve when we, we took a picture because we were a lot of people on the stairs. So everybody was sitting on the stairs. There was a white staircase and I was leaning into kind of like the wall of the staircase and my face blended into the whiteness of the staircase and I was at front and center too so it's a horrible picture oh my god and that's when I realized I need blush Mm. and bronzer I need it I love I love a bit bronzer like 
I I fool myself with how not Casper the friendly ghost I am with the amount of bronzer that I wear. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I basically... When I put my hand up to my face when I do my makeup, you can see I'm fake. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you like, can see I'm faking. The amount the amount of times that I'm I'm there like, oh yeah, I'm Casper the friendly ghost, and then the customer turns around like, but you're not. I was like, yes, it's because I use bronzer as a face powder. I mean, I don't. I put it. No, yeah, you yeah. put it on the bronzer places. Yeah. but still, but my still. cheeks are like <laughs> my, my like che- cinnamon buns. Yes, my <laughs> cheeks look like they've just been to like Madrid for like four weeks. Yes, um, <laughs> and then Which my is uh, amazing. My under eyes have not seen the light of day for about six years. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, you. We do live in Britain, so... We do, we do, so sun... I mean, it's But that's always better, because we don't get sun either. Oh, no. We get snow. I'm... You lose me in the snow, though. Like, if I fall down in the snow, I'm gone. <laughs> that was I'm me blinded. When, when I was bleach blonde. It was just so funny, because I I, I was just the same, same colour of beige all the way down. Mm-hmm. I was, like, blonde... Blonde eyebrows, blonde eyelashes, really pale. And then I'd wear like beige and I'm like, oh, I am monochrome. Yeah, it's a look though. It <laughs> End is a of look. sign here. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I'm like gesturing and no one can see what I'm doing. I think that's going to be a challenge with podcasting because you want to show things. You want to. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm such a visual talker, which is so funny for people who are with me. And yeah. Then, like, and then obviously people who are just listening to our voices um hopefully we will have some videos going up on youtube we are discussing that of us talking that would be fun but then we should have a studio yeah we definitely um so yeah so the what is your i don't know what is your least favorite product my least favorite what is your least favorite product in general and then what is the cult product that you despise despite it being like hyped Oh my god, this is such a hard question. I love my asking least questions. favorite product. You're asking the hard hitting questions. Yeah, I'm indeed. I am indeed. Well, I have been doing makeup for a lot of years, so I think my least favorite product in general, not like it's been brand specific, yeah. is cold pencils. That's not cold pencils. I like the really greasy cold pencils, mm-hmm. but when they're just like pencils, they when they're really dry. Yeah, when they're dry, they don't work. That, that's awful. That's my least favorite product. Oh, definitely. You will never find that in my kit. Mm. Ever. <laughs> a dry cold pencil you yeah. will never see it on me <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be like a least favorite product of product that people yeah. uses I think what doesn't work for me is Fenty skincare I tried it it doesn't work for me really? it breaks me out oh which sucks because I love everything that Fenty does that was heartbreaking oh, <laughs> it that's was really heartbreaking my least favorite products that's overly hyped I think that would be just in general how to beauty like really? I like the products but it's not like revolutionary to yeah. me you know I agree Especially with the controversy with Beauty Bakery as well. I, that was The Beauty great... Bakery. Oh. I love the Beauty Bakery. Really? It's amazing. I've never tried it. They're beauty blenders. They come in like an egg carton. I know. Because it's like it's bakery it? inspired. And I bought them. And they're quite cheap too. I think it's £18 for six beauty blenders. That's not bad. Bearing and there's the like the one. best beauty blenders ever. Really? I love them. Bearing in mind the Real Techniques one, which is basically the cult of the UK beauty yeah. blender. Used to be my favourite. Because we don't... We don't stock in the uk we don't stock the beauty blender really yeah unless you go to like specific stores that yeah. do or like higher end or like makeup shops basically really? um and the real techniques one's only like six quid yeah but you can get them in tk maxx for like two. Oh, yep. that's a hack that is a hack that's pro tips i like that beauty blender but i, I find it it gets kind of textured after a while. Yeah. I mean, mine mine is not great. And also the... I want to say the Morphe one. I haven't tried it. The black one. People are hyping it, though. I, it might be the Morphe one. I can't remember. Or it might just be a black Real Techniques one. It's literally just, like, standard beauty blender shape. Not, like, yeah. the iconic Real Techniques one. But, yeah, that gets quite textured as well. Yeah. Which, but that... I, I personally prefer the black one to the orange one which is I say controversial it's not controversial no it's controversial I have a controversial opinion I like black beauty blenders Oh, goodness. Oh, no. What, what is the controversial opinion that you have about makeup? I don't know if it's that controversial, but I don't believe in specific colors suiting you better better than others. Of course, you can yeah. make your eyes pop. For example, I have blue eyes, so orange makes my eyes really yeah. pop. But I always get customers in, and usually it's... Well, actually, it's everyone, but especially with the older generation, like mm. my mom's generation. Yeah. They come in, and they see me full-on glitter and everything, and they're like, I could never do 
that. It wouldn't suit yes. me. And I'm, I'm like, of course it would. Let me show you. I'll do it for you yeah. for free. Exactly. And like, I could never wear orange. And I'm like, yeah, you could. You're I'm going to do, do it. Yeah. And like, I couldn't wear blue eyeshadow. It's tacky. I'm like, no, it's not. That is one thing with, I would say, anyone above the age of 40. Yeah. Everyone hates blue eyeshadow. Yeah. Because it reminds them of the 80s. Because I I did my mum's makeup once. It was quite a long time ago. And I used blue eyeshadow on her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, can you not use blue? And I was like, I'm doing it in a special way. I wasn't. I was putting blue in the lid with a little bit of brown in the crease. But it looks so good. It does. It and does. And people are so scared of trying new things as well. Because my mom's generation, like 50... 50 year olds mm. they have aged they're adults um, they might have some lines on their eyes and they use shimmers which is kind of makes the lines appear more yeah. than they are and I did this with my mom actually because she was like oh no I can't do what you do and I was like yes you can Yeah. so I bought her like a pot of glitter the pigments from Inglot the really oh, yeah. chunky ones mm. and I showed her how to apply it and everything and she loves it because her eyes really pop and every every customer I did that to they were looking in the mirror and stunned about <laughs> the non-existing of their lines Yeah. And you can just show them on your finger as well I used to do that a lot I put on your knuckles I put shimmer eyeshadow and they were like, whoa, that's wrinkly. And I was like, yeah, it is wrinkly. It is, yeah. And then I put the glitter on the other one and the wrinkles Define. completely gone. Yeah. And they were like, I need this. I need all the <laughs> glitters. Give me all the glitters. And I, I don't think glitter is for 18-year-olds. Glitter oh, is no. for all ages. Exactly. Whether you're 18 or 90. Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I Makeup guess that's my controversial opinion. Because people are opinion like, no, when you're older, you should use less foundation. You should let less of everything. Yeah. And I'm like, no, just do what you want to exactly. do. Exactly. As long if you want to contour, contour. You're exactly. not supposed to contour older women. Yeah. They say, I do. They look so amazing. Do I. I mean, the amount of times that I've shown my mum how to contour and bronze and highlight and, like, what's really annoying about her is she loves eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. She absolutely love it, loves it, but she doesn't know. She hasn't quite recognised that she's got hooded eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, blend up, blend towards your brow. You're not doing the 80s thing, but you need to not put much product on the actual lid because you won't be able to see it. Yeah. I mean, I know that both of us have got hooded eyes as well. Yeah. So we understand the struggle. But people with hooded eyes, you need to make sure everything is above the crease, above not just where your eye socket is, but where this fold is in your eye. Yeah. And I I don't know about you, but whenever you're doing, um, like, photographing... Photographing? Photography? Photographing. Photographing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Whenever you're photographing makeup looks that you put on yourself do you raise your eyebrows i do so do i <laughs> just, it's so awful it, like so if I, I, I do this on a regular basis that like i just i'm like that because yeah but like if i relax my face oh, the, oh i do just it. go <laughs> <laughs> when i do my makeup i do like i raise my brows yeah and when i do my eyeliner i raise my brows and then i drop it down and it's like oh, smooth no. <laughs> and i'm like am i really a makeup artist i'm not that, oh my, do you know what i'm so glad you said that because i do exactly the same and I'm like I can't even do my own eyeliner so I started being like straight in the mirror like giving myself the deaths there oh yeah just to get the right eyeliner that's one thing that I find so difficult like as application myself and also other people is hooded eyes and eyeliner it is it is hard it, I, it is world-renowned within the makeup industry that it is so difficult, but I think... Do you know the new technique they do? I I, I really love it. The, it was kind of like a TikTok trend where they would do the... The, the blocking. Yeah. Yeah. So they did, like, do the line all the way through. They do a line, yeah. a square, and then the line on the actual eyeline. Yeah. And it works great. I, it I, looks amazing. Yes, I did try that, um, but... I've got really small eyes, so it just made my eyes look really small. No. Which I really hate. Because, like, have you tried uh, the puppy liner? What's the puppy liner? So it's, like, puppy liner where you start the eyeline, like, the eyeliner, instead of from the corner, but from, like, a a third of the way into the lower lash line and going out like that and then just across and going kind of... This a similar way of going up into the crease oh, yeah, and like, I ha- down. Oh, yeah, I actually have them, but I like it. That is a massive trend within, like, the younger generation on TikTok. I love it. And um, I love TikTok for makeup, actually. Oh, my it's gosh. It's so fun. I was off t- makeup TikTok for so long, and now I've just got back onto it. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And especially with Instagram Reels as well, for my makeup Instagram... 
I only have makeup on there, but then it's more like Instagram makeup, which isn't really my forte. I, yeah. I prefer quite clean makeup, quite kind of like one defining moment within makeup, like either yeah. the eyeshadow or the lips or kind of a monochromatic look throughout the whole face. Like I that, agree. That's what, that's what I like. That's what gets me going is the pretty skin, like the glass oh. skin. Oh, and, I love oh, the glass skin. A product that is, is also drugstore is the glass gloss serum from Barry M. That sounds so interesting. It's so good. What does it I do? I think they've changed the formula, which I makes me very angry internally. But you put it on before your foundation and mm-hmm. basically it just reflects light. Amazing. It is incredible. I might have to elicit your work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I might have to. I, I will make you buy everything. Yes. I will. 100%. Exactly. I will buy it. I'm the easiest customer, actually, to have. <laughs> um, yeah, I I am so easy to deal with as customer. As long as you can sell me the product, I'm like, yeah, yeah. give it to me. I'll have it. I'll have it. <laughs> I used to go into Inglot before I worked there, and I would be like, so do you have anything new? What Do you, do you have something fun? Give me something fun. <laughs> and she would just like show me products. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Give it to me. Give it to me. I will take everything. <laughs> R.I.P. My bank account. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I started working there people like it's so crazy you used to be a customer and I was like yeah that literally is me with Superdrug where I used to go and be like oh yeah I did it I I was the customer and now I'm selling you product which I actually believe in because the criteria for Superdrug is having a passion in hair and makeup that's the only criteria that is the only criteria obviously there is yeah of course communication and stuff like that because Superdrug notoriously don't have any um in-person interviews they're all by the phone oh my interview for Inglot was the 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 most nerve-wracking thing ever really yeah it's quite a process they don't usually hire people that are not certified makeup artists and I had been in uni for about a month when I got my interview which is not usual at all Mm. and I was supposed to come down to the main main office and meet with this woman and she wanted me to do a makeup look full-on party makeup in 45 minutes oh my goodness yeah that's the struggle as it yeah, is. she showed me a photo. It was like um, cold browns, which mm. is hard to blend, and yeah. uh, eyeliner, uh, red lip, everything like proper, Good proper makeup me. in forty-five minutes. So I did that. I was five minutes over time, mm. which was fine, but it was so nerve-wracking because she was sitting right next to me watching oh, wow. me do makeup on my best friend. Goodness me. And then afterwards, we had a forty-five minute discussion or interview part, and it was so nerve-wracking. I was I thought I didn't get a job it's like this was horrible I'm gonna (laughs) die my dream is over because it was my dream to work at Inglot I said it two years prior I was like one day I'm gonna work there that is gonna be my job Uh, but I got it and I was so happy about it and I learned a lot like you learn a lot doing retail yeah Yeah. but it was so nerve-wracking such a horrible interview process when I was 14 we had a boot around the corner which Boots and Superdrug do have a little bit of a rivalry, I'll say that. Just it's yeah. harmless banter. But I literally went in there and I was like, I will be a makeup artist in, like, my local Boots, which is the smallest store in, in the whole of the UK. For what feels like Still. it anyway. It was tiny. I... Because they only had... was it? They only had makeup artists for number seven. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Really? I, I literally was like, I want to be a beauty advisor. I want to be a makeup artist in my, my small town Boots. Yeah. <laughs> which was round the corner from my house. Um, living the dream living the dream I applied when I was 16 didn't get it because I have no makeup experience apart from doing my own makeup and being also a makeup artist for my school productions yeah which was brilliant because I was doing lots of people doing very similar makeup and then I was doing principal characters as well like I say I put that on my so that's great experience exactly why not it's a high volume of people it's kind of like kids runway yeah it is like and any experience week. is good experience oh, As I, on my CV I have things that are not even relevant mm. just because something that I learned at that job gave me tools to um, use in my makeup artistry mm. so it works it does it does it's one of the things with retail is that it's such a it's a massive job it is like it's customer service it's product knowledge it's just being a makeup artist Mm -hmm. like especially with my job it's like being a makeup artist without touching any product which is horrible it's hard it makes it harder it does definitely because when I have quiet time I can just go around test products on myself test it on my skin just see how it feels combine it and 
especially now, like you said, like you don't have all your testers and stuff. You can't really mm. test out the products when you don't have any customers. Yeah, so I, I, I have started testing products because what they used to do is have tissues out for testers. So you could wipe your hands on. Now we can't do that anymore. Because of COVID. Because of COVID, yeah. Oh, insane. Mm. It makes it so much harder to do our job. Definitely, without a doubt. It's so annoying. It is. I will say, I will say that it is the most infuriating thing. I get the same questions of, do you have tissue? After someone's like swatched like 14 different foundations. Yeah, and their, their hand is all gooey. In it, and I'm like, no, sorry. We, we have got kitchen roll, but we normally don't have kitchen roll. Which is really yeah. annoying, but it's just, it is the harsh reality of retail where it is customer service and UK customers sometimes aren't great. I will say that, like, the amount of times that I'm literally there and the amount of times that I've been interrupted by people while I'm with a customer and someone goes, excuse me, can you help? I'm like, I will, in a minute, once I'm finished with my customer that I'm already with. Yeah. The, imp- the impatience of British people is horrible. I think that's insane because you guys have a reputation of being so patient and queuing everywhere and everything. Oh, yeah. But it's all surface level that's what I would say it's all surface (laughs) level the thing is is that 50% of the population do do that the other 50% no 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 No, I guess Norwegians are too introverted to even interrupt usually Mm. I think so they will just stand there and be like yeah I'll wait I don't want to talk to you I don't even want to talk to you but I'll wait (laughs) it's the it's the 50% of our patient that do go to that extreme level of someone literally just kind of going I can't find something I guess I'm just gonna leave whereas if you were to approach someone in the store and just go, hi, I'm looking for this product. Have mm-hmm. you got it? We can literally answer you within like a couple of seconds or a yeah. couple of minutes, depending if the person on the counter knows the product knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. if you think about it, we've got hundreds and hundreds of products in store. Yeah, you do. Like, you have a huge yeah. storage. Like, we have a whole stock take, like, and we are a small stock. Store. That's the word. Yeah. And we are such a small store, which is ridiculous as well. And like, people like me who are just sales or beauty advisors, we don't get trained on things like this. That's insane. You should be. Yeah, we should Like, be. it should be part of your initial tra- training. Like, I, when I started at Inglot, I got huge, like, books of product knowledge, even wow. with notes that people have written before mm. me. So with every foundation, every single product, every lip liner, people were no- noting down everything about them. So you could just flip through them. If you have a quiet day, flip through the books, test the product, do oh all goodness. those kinds of things. And I think that's really great. And if I were to open a retail store at some point, mm. I would definitely definitely have folks on product knowledge because that is what sells that is if you oh just tell a customer this is good buy this they will be like no why yeah where it, why i had this with this woman yesterday i was explaining why things go out of rotation like the formula of different mm-hmm. the we were comparing to two foundations and she was like look i'm not fussed on the price point i just want something that works i'm like okay well i can tell you if you like this foundation you'll like this foundation yeah to much avail she didn't buy the foundation i suggested because she was worried because it was new because it, it literally because it was new that was all it was and that she hadn't tried out the formula before but she purchased a very similar from the same brand as well foundation yeah. which didn't have it was a full coverage one she was like oh I kind of like a medium coverage like people think the medium and full coverage are the same yeah people very, do very much not very different. Very, very different. What gets me is when people buy light coverage foundations and then complain about it being light coverage. Literally. That gets me. That gets me so much. They as come well. in and they're like, I want a light coverage, light coverage foundation. And I'm like, this is the best one. This is great. And they're like, great, I'll get it. And then they come back and be like, this was low coverage. And I'm like, oh you ask for it. I think what they mean is maybe like a lightweight foundation. Yeah. They want it to be full coverage, coverage, but lightweight. Oh, definitely. And it's like, sometimes you just can't get that. Yeah, like, the Fenty one is good though. The Fenty one, the, yeah. The one in the gloss, the tall one. Oh yeah. For full coverage and also being light, it's great. But it dries oh my, so fast, so you need to work it? quickly. Oh yeah. My Probably why it's so lightweight then. Yeah. Because it's kind of like liquid lipstick. The like more matte it is, the kind of heavier it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's like what Charlotte's talking about with Ruby Woo, the Mac one. Yes. Oh my gosh. It stays on, but it's so dry. Oh, definitely. I I was talking to a customer about that the other day because we were talking about lipsticks, and she was like, "I've got Ruby Woo." But I hate the consistency. I was like, girl, same. Everyone. <laughs> everyone, everyone hates does. the consistency, but everyone keeps using it. Because it works. It does work. It works. 
works and you can put it into different textures as well like if yeah. you add a bit of gloss and you've literally got a lip gloss a high coverage lip gloss I like, love the high coverage lip gloss oh you know uh, Kat Von D makeup which yeah. is not Kat Von D makeup yeah. anymore but KVD vegan yeah, beauty yeah because she sold it but yeah, yeah she does those kind of lip glosses mm. which is kind of like a liquid lipstick but yeah, it's yeah but shiny but shiny yeah revolution and do them as so well great and they're only fiver that's revolution. so much cheaper than the one I bought yeah I, re- I would literally high heavens the two makeup brands that I adore Door, Elf and Revolution. Damn. Lip liners, MUA. They are £2. We don't have a great selection of them, but Amazing. there is about seven shades. They are incredible. Have you seen that Boots have stepped up their game recently here in Southampton? Yeah, they did a whole, whole refurb, didn't they? Yeah. I've been in there six times. It's amazing. I love it. I love it so much. They have everything the people now. in there are so nice. They are. Oh my gosh. That's one thing that I really strive for, being like a retail consumer and also a retail employee, yeah. is that customer service within makeup sometimes can be horrible you can get them people who are eye rolling who are always chatting who are like being just a bit low in the mood stuff like that but I'm there literally like I go up to people and a really good feeder line for anyone who's working in retail in general Mm -hmm. is instead of oh can I help you is are you looking for something specific yeah what can I help you with yeah ask open questions exactly instead of can I help you yes or no people are going to say no because they're too scared yeah are you looking for something specific then what you're getting is product knowledge Mm mm-hmm that's what you're getting immediately. You'll get in the place where it is. It's it's so much easier than going, can I help you? Yeah, 100%. Because the reply will make you have an open conversation about it. Yeah. And then if they are looking for something specific or they're looking for a certain product, like a type of product, whether it's a foundation or whether it's like a shampoo, for example, then you can go, oh, with the shampoo, have you got the conditioner? Have you got the curling mousse? Have you got the oils to go with it? Like, yeah. It's just so much easier to sell when you do open questions. It is. It's so much easier. I need to actually ask you, we didn't talk about it, which mm. is the stigma around working in retail as a makeup artist. Definitely. Which was kind of the main point of what we were talking yes. about. <laughs> so we need to have yes. a couple of minutes for it at least. So, so what do you think the stigma is, first of all? That it's kind of seen as less than. So as a makeup artist, at least my friends and people around me always ask like, oh, so are you going to be, become big and do Kim K's makeup and mm. be like a celebrity makeup artist? And I'm like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to be a celebrity makeup artist because they have an image. Yeah. They're boring. They have their image and you have to do their image. Yeah. I want to work in a place where I can be my creative self. And the stigma around it is that you're you're less successful as a makeup artist if you work in retail, mm. which I don't think is true, but I'm guilty of thinking that at the same time. So am I. Yeah, it's like you, you look at people like on runways and fashion week and you go, I, I want to be them. Yeah. But you're not, yeah. because as much as you might want to be that high-profile celebrity-esque yeah. type A person, you have no freedom to do what you want. True. You're always following a brief. You're always, like, being told what to do, unless you are the head makeup artist who is creating this image for this campaign, for example. Yeah, 100%. Whereas I completely agree with what you said like I hadn't thought about it like that until you mentioned it just now yeah. is that the creativity is stripped away from you unless you are at retail kind of doing your own thing yeah you are and you can help inspire customers in retail and it's fun you can play with makeup instead of following the strict step-by-step that you usually get when you're mm. working for example in fashion when you work on fashion week usually you're not the head makeup designer in exactly. fashion week especially not right out of that uni. is literally one out of like what 60 makeup artists yeah it's insane and uh, but people around also have yeah about what it is to be a makeup artist and what we're supposed to be doing and if we're not doing exactly what they imagine then we're less successful yeah I mean I get kind of two ends of the spectrum at work I either Mm -hmm. go oh my gosh you're a makeup artist wow and then it's oh you're a makeup artist why are you in Superdrop which is insane and the thing is is that both of them have the same basis of you're a makeup artist in a retail store why yeah and that why is like why aren't you doing bigger better things and also why because thank you being like the kind of helper the help basically yeah of makeup because the amount of people that i know that go in there going absolutely blind the amount of times that i've walked into a makeup shop and like with my friends whether
whether it's Boots or Superdrug because that is like my budget from a couple of years ago. And I'd literally be like, oh yeah, so this product's really good and this product's really good and this product's really good and this product's really good. Or like now I get texts from my friends, like they know that I work here. They go, oh, what's that? I don't know, like the best selling tan. What's something that's really good that works really well on dry skin? Because they know that I've got a little bit more knowledge than just the average consumer. Yeah, definitely. And I think also working in retail as a makeup artist at some point helps you become a better makeup artist. Social skills. All social skills. Oh my gosh, you can the- really tell, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, no. you can really tell a person that they have not worked a single day in hospitality, mm-hmm. retail, catering, or a public facing job because they have no social skills they are generally horrible. They're the I, worst customers. They are the worst customers. And I I, I, I don't take any crap from any of them. No. No, I'm... They be kind and put them in their place kindly. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm a, obviously customer service. Yes. Overly nice. Kill them with kindness. Kill I'm them like, with kindness. I'm literally like, hi, would you like any help? Yeah. No. Like, okay, well, just so you know, I will be loitering around if you need anything. Just give me a shout and I'll be right with you. I love the customer service voice. I, it's the, it's, you it, even got the face on. I, I do. I'm, it, it's the whole body expression of literally, I feel like a flamenco. Yeah, you're an entertainer in the <laughs> exactly. story. You, I mean, you're making it an experience. Yeah, that's, I mean, I come from musical theatre background as well. Fits so, right in. So literally, I'm there literally like shouting my face off. Like, would you like any help? Like mm-hmm. with my whole body because I'm... 100%. And also, when you work in retail, you get you get to work on a lot of different people, like we said previously, mm. and you get to experience a lot of different products, and you get product knowledge, even though, for me, it's from one brand, but mm. even though we get a lot of product knowledge within that, and ingredient knowledge, oh, and stuff like that, which make artists who haven't worked in retail don't get as easily definitely yeah. and there's a stigma in working in retail as a makeup artist but there's also a stigma on being a makeup artist in general do you get when you're like oh i'm at university oh what you study makeup so and people are like didn't know that was a degree what and what? people are like oh yeah it's cool. like they're thinking like psychology or law or something like that no, no yeah i'm painting people's faces yeah, cool. And even my best friend, she's, bless her, she, she when I started here this year, I was like, oh, I'm so excited for this module. It's uh, art direction, psychology and image. Yes. And she was like, psychology? Because she's really into psychology. And I was like, yeah, we do psychology in regards to that. And she was like, don't you do makeup? And I was like, yeah, but there is <laughs> theories behind exactly. it, why we do what we do. And there's a psychology behind makeup as well. She was like, I didn't even know this. This is so cool. And exactly. I was like, yeah. It is the psychology so of selling. Like yeah. we said before, it's like there is such an there is such a psychological process to selling and also to buying mm-hmm. that we need to know this to make sure we are hitting the correct points to sell these products. 100%. 100%. And yeah, I don't know. People, I guess people view makeup artists differently as well because you have on top, you have like the celebrity makeup artists, yeah. which a makeup artist wouldn't necessarily put them at the top of the pyramid, but people mm. in general. And then you have like movie makeup artists. You don't really hear about them, but that's kind of like, oh, you're working movies. Yeah. And then you have like fashion makeup artists, like, oh that's so cool they work for insert fashion brands and then you have the retail people that's kind of the bottom of the barrel yeah and then we've got kind of like a whole nother scope of instagram makeup artists yeah where this whole narrative of makeup artists have come just from instagram and getting that like youtube and stuff like for example jeffree star or cat D, like and people like that who have created their own brands and obviously i'm i have brand loyalties to a couple of them mm-hmm. not all of them and i really respect the fact of open and honesty within a brand 100 percent. and it's a whole it's a whole like niche of instagram makeup which i find mad because for example on the podcast we had jess marks who is also on the team she is an instagram influencer and our makeup's styles are very different i'm very kind of like less is more she's very more is more which which is fine which, which is, is fine. like but she, i feel like that's kind of a british thing though to have more is more because i've yeah. noticed that's a huge difference between norway and england actually because mm. scandinavia is really known for like the natural i just got down from the mountain look yeah and it's not really a lot you don't see that a lot here i don't mm. think yeah i think it is a very different type of person yeah like definitely you you for someone to have i, I don't want to out myself but <laughs> <laughs> someone someone to be wearing a bb cream yeah at, at 20 years old 
is basically unheard of. Yeah. For someone not to be wearing foundation, on the other hand, when you're kind of 16 to, I would say, 21 is understandable. Oh, okay. So that's different because we started makeup really early. I started in ninth grade and I was like... Really? I yeah. did. I mean, obviously my journey has been a little bit different. Yeah. I started when I was 14. Still, it's early. That's about the same age, is isn't it? it? Yeah, I think, I think it is. Oh, my brain just immediately <laughs> went to nine years old. And I was oh, like, my, my life is an IQ test. Isn't it? Mm. Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, I completely mm. agree. Yeah, 100%. It, it's so, so maddening, the different... It is. Like, even culture in it, which I would love to discuss because so you're from Scandinavia and, like, the culture's completely different to the UK. Like, I think yeah. the UK is very... Iconic but not for the best reason <laughs> for makeup anyway like you see on tiktok trends it's like the orange foundation with yeah, the line and yeah. it's like it's the typical school girl of like orange foundation yeah i've seen the parodies high ponytail and it, with the victoria secret spray mm. and you're there like ness um, can I have a pen, please? It, it's those it's type amazing. of TikToks and it's so funny. It's really funny, the actually. The thing is, is that I do know a couple of girls who are like that. I do. I hate to That's say it. That's what makes it funny. They are real. <laughs> that stereotype is real. That's which funny. Which I think with all stereotypes, there is a very small proportion or portion of the people who do this are actually real. That's how stereotypes are made, though. Yeah. Like, a couple, a few... A few of the many do it, and then it becomes the stereotype. Yeah, it's like British people are just like British. It's yeah, like, oh, I will not. Would do you a like some water? <laughs> and it's like no, like I'm I'm born and raised South of England, like yeah. very very well spoken, and um, but they're not too well spoken because I used to get literally I was like, oh, are you posh? Like I'm not posh. I'm not like well off in any way. Like yeah. only emotionally. <laughs> But yeah, I think this this conversation has been so enlightening. Yeah, it's been interesting. Amazing. So for more information, go on to foundation.com and have a look and see if you can get your skin shade match. I do, it does sound like an ad at this point. It does sound like an ad. <laughs> we should be sponsored. We We're not. Be. Exactly. I'm going to look into it. Yes. I'm going to send some emails, get us sponsored. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> follow us on all of our other social medias. We've got Spotify, which you're listening on here. Follow us on all of our social medias, such as YouTube, which is Gunk Collective. We've got our website, which is gunkcollective.com. On Facebook and Twitter, which is if you just search Gunk Collective or Collective Gunk. We've also got Instagram, of course, which is gunk underscore collective. And we also have got our blog on our website now. We've got a brand new blog. It's all on there. Go check it out. We've got a couple of posts up such a good read as well and i'll see you next week for another podcast yay and i will see you later goodbye bye